Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Okay, today's episode, we've got another mailbag. And this is a complicated one with lots of different parts, right, Adam? Lots of different parts, but that's good. We got lots of different parts. We like They're, complicated We cases. like complicated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to break it down as we'll try to break it down as best we can. There are several okay. elements of this. So we'll read the whole thing and then we'll kind of break it down and talk about each each section as we go. Okay. So listener writes in me and my husband, after an extended postpartum lull and disagreements about birth control methods, finally had sex again. Uh, unknowingly, we used many of the tips mentioned in the podcast, way to go, uh, to minimize the awkward, <laughs> awkwardness. So we've had sex a few more times, mostly on my part to just do it and hope the feelings will follow. I'm struggling immensely because during the lull, my husband turned to pornography rather than trying to maintain connection with me. I don't know how to just get over that. He seems happy now that we are having sex again, but I'm still hurt and can't get past it. Do you have any uh, suggestions for how to address this? So I think the first part may be let's um, let's talk about the postpartum lull, okay. which is such a common thing. We've talked about it a lot, but just remind everybody, what are we talking about when we talk about that postpartum lull? What are the things we're, we're watching out sure. of as we try to come out of it? Sure. Well, there's several things, right? Physiologically, the woman is experiencing a hormone called prolactin, which is the milk-producing hormone, and it literally physiologically lowers her desire, and it also makes her vaginal tissue drier. Mm -hmm. Then there's the technical recovery from the birth, even cesarean or vaginal birth. Because of prolactin, you know, her tissue is going to be different. So that's present even in cesarean birth. So six weeks after birth, it, it will still actually hurt her. You know, so that's problematic. And then there's often, if there's been a vaginal birth, there's just recovery from the birth trauma, and they say usually six weeks, but for some women it's longer. And then we're talking about exhaustion, sleeplessness, 
tiredness, um, mm-hmm. certainly on her part, you know, nursing a baby and the, the new human that you're the new human crying out for you. And the baby that is up, you know, all night, every night, several times a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, exhaustion, I cannot overstate how incredibly detrimental that is to sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say if there's any way, you know, you can store a bottle and get yeah. six hours of yeah. sleep. Six hours will make that you human. So, that sounds so luxurious. Six it hours. Does. <laughs> Six <It full> hours. <laughs> Six hours really, you yeah. know, you're barely human, honestly. And most women are not going to be feel sexual yeah. unless they're getting about six to seven hours of night. And, and I hate to say that, but yeah. that is the truth. Yeah. I mean, tiredness in a woman kills it in terms yeah. of her libido. Yeah. And I think when with this couple, when you're talking about all of those reasons, they – they need to kind of know, like this is an extended postpartum lull. What kept the after the initial six weeks? Mm-hmm. What kept the lull going? Yeah, you know, which yeah. of all of those things that you talked about was playing a part in keeping the lull progressing? Why didn't right. they go back to sex? Right. right. Well, I, I think what you said is really the most important thing. Not what I said. You said, you know, it's the new human that you've got, yeah. and there's kind of a falling in love period often from the woman. With the baby, um, mm-hmm. fathers are often very excluded, which, you know, not – it's biological, right? Sure. She had the baby most of the time, and we know there's lots of ways to have babies. But, you know, oftentimes she carried the baby, and and there is this wonderful part of falling in love with your baby. And sometimes you don't need mm-hmm. as much physical love from your partner because you're getting so much physical love, touching the baby, nursing the baby, loving on the baby. It's like you get – touched up. Yeah. You know, yep. all the time and and I do I tell my sons and I know this is hard. But I tell my sons think about being arms around the mother baby for about 2 years. Now, I I don't want anybody to wait 2 years to have sex. Yeah. But in some ways it's true that oftentimes the father or the father person, you know, is a supportive role and not mm-hmm. the main actors and so it can be difficult and I I would say to my daughters you know, you have to remember that being the supporting actor is not so fun. Mm. Everybody likes a little limelight and everybody yep. wants to be the center of attention. Mm. And you have to get out and you have to leave the baby behind and you have to make time. And I think if your partner's love language is sex, you know, you got to find a way to get back into the sexual relationship. Yeah. I think the, I think what you're talking about, the overarching thing is just an adjustment, the adjustment period that comes from having a baby and including them all over again and finding a new new way to be as a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you can't overstate how the exhaustion. I think you can also not overstate how big of a shift it is in your relationship. Oh, and I think yes. a lot of couples think that they're just going to go right back into the way things were or they underestimate the shift. Mm-hmm. They know things are going to be different. But and sometimes I've had couples, you know, before they've had their first baby in my office who keep telling me, oh, we know it's going to be different. We know it's going to be different. Oh, and, I sure. can't, and I kept saying, yeah, but you don't. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, really don't. Yeah, but you don't. You really don't know how big that shift is until it's happened to you. And so your sex life is a component of that. Yes. You're not just going to go on having sex the same way anymore. Right. Um, that doesn't mean it can't be good. That doesn't mean it can't be great. But it's going to be different after baby especially while that child is still super dependent mm-hmm. on you, specifically on the on the mom during right. that period, that two-year period that you're talking about, you know, 
it's it's going to be different. So you've got to be able to get mentally get around that. Um, right. I think both mom and dad have to get around that as well. Like uh, dad has to adjust to mom's attention away. Mom has to adjust to maybe be making a little more effort to turn back toward toward husband. Yeah, um, I, sometimes. I mean, my first baby, I remember my first baby is now very old uh, and a licensed marriage family therapist now, which is so cool. But, you know, when he was born, I remember these long leisurely dinners that I used to have with my husband. Mm. We'd have a glass of wine and we'd sit and talk for, you know, a good hour, just him and I. This would be four computers and phones, you know, back in the good old days when you actually talked to each other. And the baby would always cry. Like as soon as we sat down together, it was like they smelled the food or something. I'd put him down Mm -hmm. for dinner. We'd have a late dinner. And invariably the baby would cry. And we – I really – started to feel the absence of connection with my husband. And for me, you know, libido was not much of an issue. I wanted sex, but it was really a feeling of, I I don't know you anymore. I don't have time to know you anymore. And and that hurt. That, That was difficult. And I knew he was trying and I was trying. But the reality was there was a disconnect just just based on circumstance. Yeah. And so you have to know that and you have to make adjustments there. And so for this couple, wanting to know what the law was about and what needs to be, maybe what needs to be either rethought there, readjusted there, or maybe even repaired if there was, yes. hurt, if there was hurt that's going on. One last thought, Adam, is I think that sometimes people who experience a sexual lull or a crack in their foundation when they have children is those beginning cracks were present before children, but they were able mm. to ignore them because they had enough resource Absolutely. and energy that they didn't have to deal with certain things. But once the children come, it's, we don't need to just blame the baby. No, There's oftentimes something between us or inside of us or from our history that needs healing and resolving. And, and it just is, it comes out once yeah. you have children. Yeah. It's kind of like you've been able to kind of sweep that under the rug, but the child the child comes in and just exposes all of it, right? Yeah. Just exposes everything yeah. that's maybe being hidden. So, yeah. So that may have to be explored. I want to talk, get your thoughts on this one, the second component of this, which is their disagreement over birth control methods, right? Now- What is that about? I don't know, but they don't give a lot of information about this. But what I would guess is- he does not want to use condoms, would be sure. my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, I think that's common for most men. Mm-hmm. Um, and she probably doesn't want to use something else that's one of the other options that would be dependent on her, yes. which, might, which are going to be way more evasive. Uh-huh. Right? And potentially she's nursing and she doesn't want to start birth control pills because she's worried about the hormonal influence on the baby, mm-hmm. which there is, you know, it's low, but potentially. And... They no, don't necessarily want to rely on prolactin, which often does cause the woman's periods to stop. But then there's always the chance of what happens if you hit it when her period's about to start. Like right. you don't know. Yep. You know, it, it can be a great birth control. Nursing can be a great birth control method. But the problem is, is it's it's not, it's, right? That's because you never yeah. know when it's going to start. Right. Or maybe it was like, maybe she wanted him to get a vasectomy. Maybe, you know, it was okay, one baby and done yep. or something. And I would also say that condoms sometimes hurt women, you know, especially if you have a dry vagina after nursing a baby, that might not be it. I don't know what she wanted uh, Mm. him to do. You know, it could have been she wanted him to withdraw and they were going to use that kind of method and he wasn't up for that. I mean, there's a debate. We don't know. But, I mean, I think when people are arguing about birth control, it's a power struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, 
it, rather than, hey, let's have pleasure, let's at least masturbate each other, you know, and bring each other to orgasm, right? We can do that. You know, they're not doing that. They're mm-hmm. they're struggling in some way that says, you know, I want you to do that. No, I want you to do that. And so, I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably a bigger debate than birth control because we could figure it out, right? Are you – you, you yeah, can maybe. figure it out. But you're you're being you're being way more gentle. You're being way more gracious than I. Than okay, I what would, would you say? What would you I would say? say suck it up, brother. Suck <laughs> it up. Like Use you, a did, condom you did. Already. You did not have. You did not push that baby out of your vagina. She's been carrying a baby for nine. <laughs> I, Adam, Adam, you are good. I I now listen. I understand it. <laughs> I I get it. No, yeah. like that. It is not. It is not enjoyable. As as much not as it as could be, not as pleasurable, right. um, to use a condom, right? Um, but I think if but he what about w- a combo? You know, oral sex and a condom. Yes. You know, so like he gets to feel something that is wet and slippery. Sorry to be so graphic, guys. Yeah. You know, and uh, or maybe we should be more graphic. People write in and say we should be more graphic. Okay, you know, or and, and then he has a condom when he actually has intercourse. I mean, that yeah. could be great. I think that there's options, but I think that if this is one of the central, if it is about birth control, and I think you make a good point that it may not really be about birth yeah, control. Yeah, this is a power struggle. It's a power struggle. It's been going on for a while. But I think one of the things, if it is, if this is the debate that is that is central to their relationship, then one of the things is either he goes out and, and has a vasectomy. Right, mm-hmm. if they're done having mm-hmm. kids, which is really easy, guys. Do so not give me. It's March stuff. Madness. It all goes. It March all, Madness. It Did all you goes see up? that? That was yeah. on my Facebook. Uh, yeah, but it is common. Oh, please, man. please join our Facebooks too. What yeah. What is your Facebook my, or your Twitter? My, my Twitter is at Matthews Council. My Facebook is Matthews Counseling. Yeah, yeah, and mine is Lori Watson, couples therapist. And hey, I'm on Insta. We are, we. Adam, we yeah, are on, on Instagram, Instagram, right? Instagram, it's Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, and yeah. we would love it. We have like thirteen thousand, no, thirty, yeah, I think. No, yeah, is it thirteen thousand followers? Like I yeah. mean, it's, it's up I there. don't know, maybe, maybe it's crazy, but we we do pretty little pictures and sexual scenes. <laughs> Please follow us there. But I did say that about March Madness yeah, and the vasectomies. Yeah, on I mean, it goes my Facebook. It go it goes up in March Madness, so it's a good time. Yeah, but I think this is a a thing that I think. Do people know what we're talking? Wait, do people know what we're talking about? Is men schedule their vasectomies during March during basketball yeah. season? Everybody does it. Yeah, so that they like can recoup and watch the watch the, the game. Yeah. yeah, you get a built-in reason to, to watch sit games. there. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm being hard on this guy because I think that it is a simple thing that they an argument that he can avoid that is going to end up. It's an it's a small investment that's going to go a long way with Absolutely. his wife. Absolutely. Um, and I think then, and it's respectful of the stuff that all the physical changes, all the physical turmoil of the pregnancy that it, that it is taking on her and the turmoil that a lot of female birth control takes on women's bodies as a woman's well. woman's body, right. And so like he is- And she's already hormonal. Yeah, I mean, you want to put more hormones in her body, you're a nut. <laughs> you know, like don't do that to her. Trust me. Yeah. She needs to recover from the birth and get her hormones normal just to be like mood regulated. Yeah. And you want, and you like, want her to turn back towards you. You've got to yeah. be willing to do something that is, and this is this is just a way I think- that Sharing the burden. That guys can do that. It's share, right? it's sharing, sharing the burden. The burden. She just carried a baby for nine months, and she's probably yep. nursing that baby. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, so, dudes. Yeah. Okay. Suck okay. Okay. Second, last part. 
All right, do we need to take a break? Let's take a break. break. This is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be right back with our mailbag. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy weekend couples intensives are also offered improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible it is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Okay, welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. We're doing a mailbag episode that's pretty complex, and we've talked about a couple who had a pregnancy sexual lull, followed by a debate over what type of birth control. And now what have you got, Adam? The other part that she says that I'm interested in, Lori, is she says that, and I think maybe after listening to us on the podcast, has said that she's... On her part, she's mostly um, just doing it and hoping that the feelings will follow. So her, it sounds like her libido may be low, low, right? But for her relationship, for her husband, she's still having sex and hoping that the more sex she has, that the feelings are going to follow from that. Okay. So what does what does that tell you, and what do, what do we know about that? Okay. So first of all, just doing it. Maybe she's coming to the moment, right, without mm-hmm. necessarily desire at the beginning. But my hope is once she starts doing it, that she feels aroused, desire kicks in, she's glad she's done it, and she has an orgasm. I mean, Mm -hmm. if any woman needs an orgasm, this woman needs it, and she needs it regularly. That means she needs a lot of patience from her partner Mm -hmm. because having had a baby, prolactum in your system, you know, really depresses libido. You, Mm. You don't have that natural hunger, and women don't have as much of it anyway as men do. And so exhaustion, 
prolactin. These are problems. My hope is that once she gets started, she gets into it. And that's if I if I were a man, I would make certain of that. You yeah. know, I would really think about what has she told me makes it good for her. You know, is it time of day? Is it after a time of connection? Is it can I take her away to a hotel just for an afternoon? I mean, mm. trust me, that's worth the price of the hotel. Spending the night is not the whole thing, but get her away from baby mm. so she's out of mommy mode. You know, maybe a drink. It's okay to drink a little bit when you are nursing. Yeah, well, I'm not a doctor, but, you know. One thing or, most doctors say, a, yeah, what, a glass, glass of wine glass relaxes of wine a day? you, yeah. right? Especially, you know, if you've been crazy with screaming baby all day long. So, yeah, she's probably not feeling in the beginning much desire. And, and as depressing as that is to men and as depressing as that is to women, it comes back. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a tough season Doing it because you love your partner, as long as you can wrap your arms and legs around your partner and feel warm and feel good about it and feel mm-hmm. close together, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. That is love. That's yeah. not that's not duty sex. Yeah. That's loving sex. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially when you realize I feel closer, he feels closer, we feel closer. Do you, do you know there's a study, I just read it, and it's recently, that women really, really, really like sexual intercourse. And they like it sometimes without orgasm, which mm. I think is incomprehensible to men. Mm. But by and large, for her desire to be sustained over time, we want this woman to have an orgasm. It's her call. I mean, she may just be too tired and she may say, let's just do it. Mm. I want to make love to you. And I think you should honor that if you're her partner and say, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, there's a lot riding on him mm-hmm. right now. Uh, and I think that he... What you're saying is, is requires her to talk to him and tell him what she needs in that. But mm-hmm. the fact that she's turning towards him means that he needs to turn toward her and continue to I, – I love the word you said was patience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's patience over time, but that's also patience in the moment as oh, well, yeah. right? I mean, he's got to go slow. He's got to listen to what she needs. Slow He's got to have time where he does just hold her without any expectation that there that there's going to be sex. My guess is with this couple that there's probably no physical contact until they want to have sex. Um, that's that's sustained. I know. Why is right? that? I don't know, but that that seems to hold true with people because they're not having intercourse. They also stop holding each other. They stop any kind of physical uh, making play. out, like uh-huh. they, any kind of physical play at all. They stop just because they're not having intercourse, and so there's they get well, out of that habit as thinks. well. I mean, she thinks if, if I let it go this way, you know, he's going to want sex, and so she cuts it off early, mm. and so they're not sexual as a couple right. with that kind of as a backdrop for times of lovemaking. Yeah. You know? the, I had somebody say this a couple of weeks ago that the fear that if she says yes once that she's going to have to say yes every single time. Right. You know, so then they both stop connecting that way. He stops even trying. She stops as well. She stops accepting any kind of physical advances. Yeah. So there's nothing physical that's happening with them. Yeah. So he may have to, you know. Uh, up the affection, yeah. dude. Yep. I mean, touch her hair, you know, squeeze her shoulder, hug her, yeah. kiss her hello and goodbye. I mean, you know, really up the affection. And if you get aroused, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, walk away a couple of times when you're aroused and she knows it. And, I mean, l- let her know that that's a natural response. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have sex that time, you know, especially right now while she her appetite may be lower. And but sh- but I would sh- say hang tough. Yeah. You know, this is a season. 
people get through this. Well, and if she can lean into it more, uh, my guess is that if she is fearful that every time is going to lead to sex, that she bristles just a little bit when he touches her. I know. All right. Or and, she pulls, she, uncon- she unconsciously pulls away. Right. Right. And women do. And so the woman, I think a lot of times is fearful of saying no. They fearful they're going to, they say no all the time. Um, yes. And I think <laughs> one I of the things that, would you agree with that? that <laughs> I, I, I realize you say women say no all the time and I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've had a lot of couples where the woman re- is, doesn't want to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And so hurt his feelings. And she doesn't want to hurt his feelings, and so it's we're back so to. So she doesn't let it get started. Yes, and so right. we get back to the sexual bids where she just ignores his sexual bids. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, "Honey, I I would love to just just hold each other tonight, but I'm not I'm not feeling. I'm um, not up for it. I'm not up for sex." Mm-hmm. Um, which is so much better than just completely ignoring what or is happening. Being a starfish, and yeah, you know, like just laying there and, and not getting into yeah. Uh, yeah. Yuck. Soulless. Okay. And so leaning into that, I think, leaning into the physical affection, mm-hmm. being patient with each other, I think is going to is gonna go a long way. Right. One of the last parts is, I think, probably the hardest because she's mentioning that during the lull that he went to pornography, mm-hmm. which is a turn away in this case from each other, and that she's having a hard time getting over that because she saw it as a disconnection from her. Right. Right. And I, I mean... One thing I w- would want to ask her, though, is, you know, to examine her heart. You know, did she also disconnect mm. by not being involved sexually? I mean, oftentimes that's a two-party gig. I, I mean, pornography is a complicated subject, right? Sure. And whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, or how people feel about it, we, we're talking about the way it's used right here. And you've said he turned away from her, or at least she experienced it. Yes. As him turning away from her, preferring this other method. And my question is, because I know couples, and she's just said she was just pregnant, that, you know, potentially she turned away first from the Mm. sexual relationship. And so he was resorting to, you know, I got to make myself happy. I got to relieve myself sexually. And you don't want me. So this is, you know, Mm. this is only a substitute. Yeah. But then she finds out. She feels threatened. She feels anxious and it's, you know, problematic for her. I mean, first of all, I think they need to start by talking about what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean when you look at porn? Does it mean you prefer those other women? Are you just doing it because we're not doing it and you, you know, you have to release? Does it, you know, are you now so interested in porn that you're not initiating with me? It could mean that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's like, okay, I've given up on the negotiation. And to me, if you've given up on the negotiation and you're using porn, that's a problem. Yeah. I just see it as a, I, I, I like that you're balancing it out on each side, that it probably was a turn away, that probably the first time that she realized that he was using it was not when she should have been taught. They should have been talking about it a lot sooner. Right. Right. And a lot sooner what what was happening. At this point, I do. I would wonder how much of a break of trust it is mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's sounding like is she's saying is a hard thing to get over. I think for a lot of people, it feel it does feel like a I don't want to say it's the, it's not exactly the same as going outside of the marriage or in an uh, emotional or physical affair. It's, I don't think it's the same thing, but some, I think it, it. Some people, I I agree, do think that other people, it, it means nothing of the sort. Right, and but what in, what I'm saying is, it sounds like is I I still think her, it's a break for her. It's a break of trust. Yeah, there's something about this that she says 
this is outside what I feel comfortable with or what mm-hmm. we agreed to, or you're looking at naked women and that's outside of my comfort zone. However, I, I think I think this that becomes a right-wrong paradigm. Mm-hmm. And very seldom are relational problems able to be categorized as right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, there's usually a dynamic sure. uh, in terms of, you know, what I was feeling and what you were feeling and why I did this. And even in affairs, I mean, I think affairs are wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But I understand people have them for complicated reasons. And yeah. I think that if you're going to resolve them, you have to be a little more complex. And it's like, you're bad because you did this maybe. Well, you know, where were we at? Yeah. How was there a vacuum between us? And how do we get back to each other? We certainly don't get back to each other by me beating you up for being so bad. No, absolutely not. I, and I absolutely agree with that. I think the the thing that I would want him to understand about her is the feeling that she has regarding whatever the feeling is regarding the pornography. Mm-hmm. Like that has to be that has to be okay, and he has to be attuned to that to that feeling. If it is, if it is, if it's a break of trust, or if it's just a feeling of disconnection, or if it's a feeling of threat, hey, jealousy, threat, yeah, or mm-hmm. I just don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's just not something that I'm that I'm comfortable with. Whatever the feeling is that she's has, I think he has to be attuned to it and begin for them to turn back toward each other. He's got to be able to say, "I'm sorry, I hurt you in whatever way that 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 mm-hmm. was a hurt." And I think she has to be clear about that and do what you're saying of saying, "I should have come and talked to you sooner." Maybe my part was just withdrawing into the baby and into the, yes. all the yes. all the things that go with that. Right. But I think that that whatever role the pornography played for her in the hurt, they have to address that for her to be able to begin to feel like she's not just doing it, like she's more like she wants to to move past that point for them. Yeah. Okay. So let's just even this out. We've got four issues at stake for this mailbag writer who says the first one is she experiences a sexual lull. And we think, you know, regardless of the difficulties, you need to aim for a renewed sexual relationship because that keeps the coupleship thriving. Mm -hmm. Talk to your doctor, especially if you're a woman, about getting vaginal estrogen before you have your first sexual intercourse experience again. Mm -hmm. That'll make it more comfortable. And then she had... They were arguing over birth control, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the um, big tips is, one, see, is it really about is it really about birth control? Is it really about that particular argument? If it is, you know, guys got to suck it up there, especially right after, right after a pregnancy, and see if you can either keep start using condoms, add in some other things so sex will be more pleasurable for you, or just go get a vasectomy. Yeah. And watch a bunch of basketball. <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. It, and she was also experiencing low libido, right? Yeah. Just not as into it. You know, a lot of reasons for that that pass. Mm-hmm. You know, the, being entranced with your baby, mm-hmm. there's exhaustion, the prolactin in your system. These things pass. Try to see if you can say yes and start or say, yes, I'm willing to start and see how it goes and hope that your arousal kicks in and then – you feel desire to finish and to do it. Yeah. So, um, and then finally, they were talking about what the pornography that happened um, that he turned to during their sexual lull, and both parties have to kind of see what their role is in that and what their feelings are around around the pornography and kind of what function 
was it serving in their relationship and turn back toward each other and begin to talk about that and acknowledge each other's feelings about that as they as they move closer together. Yeah. So thank you. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Follow us on Instagram, Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 